With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is KJ Live with Chris Johnson. And Chris is having conversations with influencers in the sports world and entertainment industry. Now here's Chris Johnson. You're now tuned in to KJ Live. Today's guest on the show is a longtime sports medical professional that has worked with the likes of the WNBA's LA Sparks, Floyd Mayweather's TMT organization, and the USA basketball national team. Let's welcome in Courtney, excuse me, Dr. Courtney Watson to the show. What's up, Court? I'm going to call you Court. <laughs> right. <laughs> What's up? Did you say anything about my L.A. Sparks? I'm not so sure you did. I did. I, if, once we play this back, you'll hear me say in the beginning, the WNBA's L.A. Okay. Sparks, where you, are, where you won a championship in 2016. Okay. But Court, before we start talking about that, I just need to know, how are you doing? I know you've been on the road. Life has been kind of hectic. Catch us up on what's been going on. We haven't, you haven't been on the show in about a year. So, yeah. you know, get us all up to speed on what's been happening with Dr. Court. I'm doing good. I'm happy to be home back in L.A. I feel like maybe the last time I was here could have been when I was talking to you. Uh, I come and go out of home, but it's nothing like L.A., especially when you travel and work and just, you know, I'm just blessed, truly, and thankful for all the opportunities. But this year, I'm just like dedicating more to myself and just loving myself and being proud of myself and cheering for myself right now. Not to be selfish by any matter, but sometimes you have to be because I think being living and working and training and just being so involved and just being so passionate about what I do, sometimes you can lose sight of all your accomplishments and the blessings that are put, you know, bestowed on you. So I'm constantly reminded that by a lot of mentors of mine, a lot of family members, but I feel it now that I really should just be more proud of myself and more, um, you know, just loving on myself a little bit more this year. So that's what I'm doing since I've seen you last. Yeah. And it's the work-life balance. I mean, it's, you can't get too consumed with one or the other, especially in the field that you are in and being one of the very best in the world at what you do. Now, last you were at the Olympics with Team Nigeria, right? During yeah. the pandemic. Talk a little bit about that experience down in Japan, I believe, with ten, Team Nigeria. Yep. I went to Tokyo for uh, my first Olympics um, appearance. It was fun. It was exciting. It was like a dream. It was all the things I thought of that it would be. And, you know, yeah, it was during the pandemic, but um, 
I was the head athletic trainer with the Nigerian national team. And they were a great bunch of girls. The coaching staff was wonderful. And um, this was their first time really getting out there and showing off and doing what they could do. Um, I just did as much as I could to help them feel good. Uh, we were just brand new with each other. I did a training camp with them. Um, shout out to my players, Neka Gumake and Chenea Gumake and their little sister, uh, Erica. But they were really just wanting to go and support and, and be a part of something that was bigger than themselves and bigger than basketball. So I joined them and, um, you know, they didn't come and play neck and Shanae, but their sister did. And it was just a great opportunity for us to get out there and just show what we could do, uh, from all stages of sports and all, you know, every level, the highest level you can get to was happening all around me. So it was an enjoyable moment for sure. How would you describe Tokyo during the pandemic. I know Japan and a lot of the countries on the Asian continent had been wearing masks and had adopted, already kind of had a structure built in that sort of curbed, you know, the, the, the transmission of germs and things like that. Did you experience that in Tokyo when you were there? Or was it worse, than, not worse, but was it more of a heightened sense of care at the time you were there? Yes, it was. It was very... Uh... It was, you know, they're very disciplined in Tokyo. I think Japan as a country, they're very much so disciplined and very clean. It might have been one of the cleanest places I've been to in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, thinking about it now, yeah. <laughs> Japan is very clean. They're very organized. They're very strict. And because of the pandemic and what we were facing at that time, you know, you were very, you had to be very accountable for every space you were coming in and out of. Um, we weren't allowed to see other events, which was kind of for me, you know, I was looking forward mm -hmm. to watching sports. Um, you can only go to games that were playing within your sport. Um, so that was something that because of the pandemic, they weren't allowing teams to have fans and they weren't allowing us to go to the other, other events. Um, but you know, the experience within itself was still amazing. We lived inside of the village and, um, you know, there was some things going around about, you know, our living headquarters because we did have to sleep on these cardboard beds, which I wow. couldn't until I saw it. Um, but, you know, we made it. Was it that bad, Court? Was it, what is it, was it as bad as it was being described in, in the media reports? Um, Japan is very, uh, you know, they, to me, they, they really think outside the box when it comes to trying to be able to preserve and be a little bit more eco-friendly. And I think that's what their focus was. Hmm. So once you got there, you can respect that. Yeah. You know, that's what that's what I was able to do. But I was more concerned about the comfortableness of my athletes, the comfort. You know, I'm wondering, I know I'm not that tall of a player, but I'm looking at some of my taller players, you know, not sure if they were able to really feel as comfortable as they could and wake up and feel good enough to compete in the game as such. So that was a little bit of my concern. Not all the teams had to stay in the, in the, um, the bubble because it was still a bubble considered a bubble, but um, not all of them stayed in the village, but I mean, the experience alone was wonderful, you know, and it was something that we all had to just take on and know that this is where we're at and what we're doing and just be really proud of the moment. So little things like that, you know, you just kind of filled it out, adjusted to it, um, and, and we made it through. So it wasn't that bad, no. Did, did your, that was your first experience internationally at an Olympics, correct? Yes, that was my first experience internationally for the Olympics, yes. Did, I've been and worked in different capacities, but that one was the first time. 
did that experience under the sort of the, you know, with the cloud of the pandemic, did that experience teach you anything about yourself that you didn't know before? You know what? That moment being there helped me realize what hard work really is. Mm. Wow. I knew before I seen it in different capacities, but you know, um, I really like strive to be the best in my profession and the best person being that I could be. And I felt like I was living it during that moment. So I felt like you can't take yourself for granted and you always have to believe in yourself. You know what I mean? And so for me, um, it did teach me a lot. You know, the pandemic was a very tough time for us all. So coming out of that and understanding, you know, all that we had worked hard to be able to take care of ourselves, to put inside, you know, always was preaching how to make sure you're drinking and eating the right thing and getting enough rest and really kind of focusing in on what you put in your body. So I wanted to make sure that all the things that I was preaching, I was also practicing myself. Yeah, you, and, did, you, yeah, you did a good job of that, of always uh, just educating us on Instagram, you, your Instagram, uh, your story. Uh, sometimes you'll have, you know, 40, 50 things on that thing, but I'll go through every one because because <laughs> no, because you, you're dropping knowledge and you're showing us how to do certain things. And, you know, you, 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 you know, you got you're just doing a lot. And like I, I suggest everyone go. What's your what's your IG? Why, why are we thinking about it? I'm sorry. Quartz Corner LA. Go to Quartz Corner LA. Give Quartz her a follow and, and get ready for some for some goodness that's gonna help you in your life. Let me ask you this, Court. Before the Olympics, you were in the bubble with the WNBA, right? Right. Yes. Man, so you're with the Sparks. So you went to through two different bubbles in basketball settings on two different continents in in literally three to or six months. Yeah. That, that's pretty amazing. I, I guess the main thing I wanted to always kind of wonder and just and maybe you can get into it, maybe you can't. But how was the dynamics of uh, with everyone being in such close proximity and you have to compete against each other? And how was how were the dynamics between the players? Now, back in my era, I won't say our era, I'll say my era, that type of situation would have been a little weird because we took the game kind of, you know, a little differently back then. So probably have been some some issues going on. But I feel like we, we're in a different time. Describe it for me, the WNBA bubble off the floor. Well, right now uh, on ESPN, there is the, uh, the series 144. And one of my players, uh, Chenea Gumake, she's the executive producer of that. So these mm -hmm. last couple of days, I've been hearing that, uh, I guess, it's showing a lot more. And um, I know the season's getting ready to kick off, but the bubble was an experience. You know, that was at a very tough time in everyone's life, you know, to really be able to go through a normal day and what you're used to and having to kind of rearrange some things. And, you know, we were affected by a lot so much. Um, I was a part of that group who had been with the athletic training system in the WNBA for over. Goodness. Sorry. Since, uh, you said you're you're a part of that group since since when since the beginning not the beginning but close to it. Yeah, well, this is my 15th season right now in the league. So at wow. that time, 
what, 13 seasons in the WNBA at the time. There was three other uh, athletic trainers, shout out to them, who had put in just amount of years. So we we're part of the executive team mm-hmm. of athletic trainers. So we mm-hmm. really kind of shape and organize um, the sports medicine aspect of it all. And, you know, it was it was a challenge because Florida was on fire at the time um, with the cases of COVID. And so, you know, there was anyone traveling. There was so many different, you know, rules and protocols that were being put into play. And so we had to really be the first professional league that started having the league um, be reinstated and the games um, showing up. So, you know, we took our, we, we worked on it. We prepared for it. Um, but it's not a lot of preparation that you can do once you get in there because it's just yeah. within itself. You know, you got to be, you got to be ready for <laughs> adversity and yeah. making sure that, you know, your team is, I, I called myself the COVID police, you know, every night. <laughs> Yeah, pictures of myself from the bubble. I think I showed one a few days ago. And I just had such a serious look, you know, on my face because I wanted, and none of my players ended up, you know, the league really didn't have any positive cases throughout that time during the bubble. And that was a really, you know, great thing for us to really focus in on and make sure that we were all really taking account that our health mattered and that we needed to protect ourselves and each other. So I was constantly making sure that my players were doing what they were supposed to do, mm-hmm. being where they're supposed to. We had to take COVID tests every single day. You yeah. Know? Yeah. That's nuts. I mean, that's nuts. Today, to this date, I think I've taken about 500, you know, tests or so. But it's a credit to you guys, you ladies uh, and your league for taking it so serious and, and really just being vigilant about preventing it. And, um, you know, yeah. shout, shout out to WNBA. It's funny because I would, I, I, here's a question I have. So Kyrie Irving, he didn't get the vaccination, but he's a guy that, you know, does amazing things off the floor. Do you feel like he was doing a disservice to people around him when he didn't take that vaccination? As, or is it a personal choice? Is there not enough information known about it just to say, okay, give me the jab because, you know, everyone says you need to be doing this and, and the, 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 the year of information and research we have on this thing, this, this is the best option. What do you think, Gordon? That's a great question. I feel like Kyrie Irving did the right thing because you ultimately have to do what's best for you. And yeah, you want to protect others, but there were so many people who did not understand it enough or believe in it or who were, you know, who really had to experience something in their lives during this pandemic that guided them one way or another. And so who are we to tell this is a medical a pandemic is a is a medical global situation. Right. And um, medical professionals, we're always used to being able to fix everything, give you the best diagnosis, prognosis, everything that kind of manages you to get through an illness or an injury. And at some point, this particular virus was something that we sort of lost control of as far as being able to manage it at certain times because there was so much new information, so many different political things that we were hearing, um, so many aspects of it that created like an uneasiness feeling of you really have to be certain about how you feel about putting this vaccine into your system, you know? And so 
I commend Kyrie, honestly, and I know there's others who may feel different, and it's to each his own, but I never wanted to persuade or convince any of my family members, any of my athletes to, uh, to get the vaccine, because you have to understand what you're doing. I just tried to educate everyone, and through that education, I was able to learn a lot from my own self. And then just pass it on to others. And from there, you make your decision. So I feel like Kyrie listened to himself and he didn't have enough information that wanted him to feel like he could, you know. And so he stuck with that. And I feel like there was a percentage of people who had to represent, you know, and I, I feel like he represented us well in that way for those who chose to be anti the vaccine. Yeah, I, my thing with it, the parts of it that I didn't really care for were just this you know, idea that he somehow wasn't intelligent or it's like he's selfish or, you know, it, it sort of turns into a lot of, it morphs into a bunch of different stuff when you don't go along with the status quo. When you go against the grain in anything you do pretty much, you're going to get some pushback. People are going to look at you like you're crazy. Like, you know, you walk around. Remember those people that used to talk about UFOs back in the day? We used to think them people were crazy. And then all of a sudden the government came out. Oh, UFOs are real, dog. And now it's like, wait a minute. I thought them things was crazy. I, but I thought, I thought but no, that we used to write those people off. Like, oh, man, you complete. Man, he was talking about some UFOs, man. I mean, now it's like, oh, facts. It's facts, though. But it's now, so now what? So it's like, I really can't. And I'm not going to sit here and say I believe all conspiracy theories, but I'm just not going to put, you know, my all my belief system into something that somebody's telling me after about a, less than a year of research. I'm sorry. That's just basic. That's just kind of for me, that was common sense. But I don't really want to get too deep into this political part of the conversation. Um, but courts flipping over into another position that you had in the basketball split space. Pretty impressive. You were the medical director at Donda Academy. Now, for those that don't know, Donda Academy is uh, Kanye West's prep school that brings in some of the top high school basketball talent from around the nation. They, you know, get their education, but they compete on a very high level and they spend a lot of time playing ball. Um, I interviewed Darrell Wright, who uh, was involved in the program. So he kind of put me on game on, and, you know, all the behind the scenes stuff. How was your experience working at Donda Academy this year? I enjoyed it. I feel I was really proud of Kanye and what he, you know, attempted to do. I feel like he accomplished uh, something that a lot of others can't say they done. He's not an athlete. And uh, I wanted to, I was, Darrell Wright was actually who came to me with the project. And so thank you to him because he realized that they needed a little bit more sports medicine care than what they had. So he's like, hey, wait a minute, where's your trainer? Where, you know? <laughs> and uh, he said, no, 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 call court, call court. And so I came and I brought Courts Corner, my sports medicine program and my whole services in and, um, Shout out to Angelica. She was the athletic trainer that was on staff there uh, through Courts Corner. And so I just helped them manage. Yeah, they were from all over the country, excellent athletes, um, scholar athletes. A lot of them had excellent grades and really just, you know, was really about 
it was a prep school. So of course it's not high school, but it's not college. And they're really trying to get that look. Um, and they traveled all over the country and, and play games. And so I just did my best to help manage all of the injuries and illnesses that were happening while they were traveling and then come back here and play. Um, I got to talk to Kanye and tell him how thankful and privileged I was to be able to work with him and his team and how proud I was and the, what he represented for us. How do he, you know, really help those young men uh, see different avenues and give them more of a career path um, with basketball that, you know, what he was doing from the entertainment side. So it was a little bit of both sports and entertainment, you know, being covered with Donda sports, but uh, the Academy is still growing. You know, this is only, that was the first year we just finished the season. Um, But the opportunity was huge because we played and the girls worked all over the country, um, you know, providing the care and the sports medicine help uh, for the, for the kids. And when you that's a, that's an awesome um, description of, of that that situation. I was curious what it looked like over there from and you as you know, the, the medical person you have probably in any organization. The athletic trainer is typically the most knowledgeable person in that organization of just everything that's going on. Just for some reason. I don't know why the trainer always is the one. But court. um when when you work with you know high level elite level athletes like at Donda Nigerian national team the WNBA obviously different levels of elite athletes but all elite you know how do you design a plan a program or a preventative program or what do you emphasize your medical expertise like what do you what what is most important for athletes to keep in mind or to stay true to a certain type of, you know, program? What is, talk to me for a second. You have such good questions. Um, Well, for me, that was, it's really about building the best team, Mm. right? Sports, basketball, every sport is really about team, you know, to me. And so even the sports medicine team is a big part of the success of any level, you know? So on the professional level or on an elite level, everyone around that athlete is what makes them be successful. It's what makes them be able to perform at that level that we're expected to perform at, you know? So for me, I just kind of started working to find the best of every type of therapist that I could around me, every doctor, you know, around me um, that I had met and had great resources and had great relationships and tried to network and build. That's how I determine like how I'm going to face each year or each sport or each season that I'm involved in, as far as just making sure that we provide the best services and the care. So that matters for the athlete. And I think sometimes a lot of athletes, until they have an injury or until they've experienced something, do they really recognize the value of an athletic trainer, mm. the physical therapist, the difference between those nutritionist, two? The nutritionist as well. The nutritionist, the massage therapist, and the chiropractors and acupuncturists now, mm. even that extra level of like wellness care it's so important because it could just take one or two of them to figure out how to put this machine oiled well together to create that, you know? So it's a lot of athleticism and what goes into it, but on the outside, it really does matter like who and what you're listening to and working to get that proper training. 
So I love, that's one of my favorite things about my field is that I just love to work with people, individuals who are like-minded and who are just great at what they do with staying in their lane. Because sports medicine is is so, so such a huge umbrella, right? Yeah. And like we talked about all the different entities of it, but learning how to stay in your lane is like one of our biggest challenges mm-hmm. because you can just be great at what you do. You don't have to necessarily do what I do. You can do what you do and be the best at that. And so that to me is how I determine like what I'm going to do as in regards to running these different leagues and tournaments and teams and putting the best on the floor, as we say, you know, putting the best in the corner and in, in court's corner. I, I usually um, really make sure that that's understood that like when you come, this is, you need to be focused on what you're doing. You need to really love it, have that passion and desire to uh, want to be, you know, that best. Fox sports radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Do you think that with, you know, advancements and technology and everything else, that it's easier to work with elite level athletes today than it was when you first got into professional sports or or if maybe not, maybe you don't think that, let me know what you think. I think we have so many more resources and I think sometimes we get to cheat a little bit in California because everyone knows that like we're the Mecca of medicine here. I like to call us the Mecca of medicine. A lot of my, we, we know that whether we're, UCLA, Cedar sinai you know, from, from that perspective. And then we get into the thick of things with like all the other colleges and, and medical programs that we have here. California has a huge, um, you know, range of specialists. And so I feel like the development of just evolution of life, right. And how everything is perceived for us right now, I think that we are getting to the point where the resources um, have are definitely suitable to help athletes returning to play sooner than what were that would back when, you know, we were playing or you were playing. Yeah. Cause I, I was a guy that I wish I had a quartz corner around when I was coming up, although I did have a decent athletic trainer, Tony Spino at UCLA, who um, really took care of me a lot, but the advancements in technology really stand out how quickly guys are coming back from certain injuries. I remember like, I always be shocked when I see a dude coming back on on an ACL in like seven months, eight months now, or, 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 or an Achilles, you know, in, in just a, in just a time period 
that didn't seem feasible. You know what I'm saying, Court? Like these guys are, and, and a lot of this too is is on the prof- these guys and girls on the professional level. There's more of a mindfulness about minutes. There's more of a mindfulness about the longevity of the athlete than there was back in the day where it was more you were a piece of meat. Nowadays, the athlete actually has, you know, is a person with a brand. And, you know, once the athlete had started developing brands, you, you, they had to stop treating them like shit. And that was just it. Like, once we got a brand, bro, you got to stop treating me like on the And When I say shit, I don't mean like athletes back in the day were treated all oh, so bad. But we know the difference between the 80s, the 90s and today, yeah. you know, um, I guess one of the other things I wanted to to really kind of dive into with you uh, as the first athletic train female athletic trainer in the sport of boxing. I, my first question about that was, is how long did it take you before you felt like you had fully earned the trust of Floyd Mayweather as a trainer, as an uh, as a medical trainer i've been involved in boxing for a long time because of my family you know my uncle my dad my cousins we've been around boxing since i was young so i um i loved it at a young age you know so i was very passionate about the sport i never really saw myself working in boxing um because I never saw anyone that looks like me doing any of these things that I was, you know, my profession. So when I started realizing that, where's the trainer, you know, where, where's an athletic trainer, where's the therapist, where, who's helping these guys. And there was no one, you know, there was a few that you would see here and there, but besides the cut man, right. You really (laughs) would see the cut man. And that's, that's what I would always focus in on. You know, it was like the cut man and how they managed and how they taped and wrapped and how they, you know, managed all the med- the blood and stop it real fast. I was fascinated by that. And so that to me was like, OK, I want to do that. I thought I wanted to be like a cut girl, cut lady. You know, <laughs> I never knew that um, I would oh. be right now. I was I was so excited about it every single time there was a fight. Most of the time it was for us just to, to tune in and see my uncle Sam, you know, like there he is. We would see him behind every boxer, you know, back in the Sugar Ray Center and the Sam George. Watson, Sam like, Watson, shout out Sam Watson. He was always there. And so we would come to those same fights. We would be there. We would watch. But I noticed for myself, I was always watching the corner, you know, and so when I started saying to myself, like, okay, who helps these guys afterwards, you know, and, and over time it became something that I never really saw. And so I was introduced to Floyd. He wanted to ice his body a little bit better. He wanted to take care of himself a little bit better. He was already about 42, 43 and oh, and he said, I don't get hurt. He always was very confident about saying that I don't get hurt, but yeah, I can take a little bit care. I don't ice as much as I could. I should maybe I, it's too cold, you know, find another way. And so my experience with him uh, at the beginning of it was uh, something that I felt like really impacted him. And he it really showed up when I took him and introduced him to the cryotherapy chamber. And that was something that I heard about from Kobe and from Candace Parker at the time they were talking. And I'm like, cryotherapy. What is that? What is what is cryotherapy chamber? What year? Just two 
degrees below zero. What year was that? What year was that? Uh, 2000. I don't know, about eight or nine or something. And, and so you introduced the champ to cryotherapy. He does he initially does he like is he because it's cold. That is cold. You got to get in there. No shirt. So, I mean, how did he, re re you know, was he receptive at first or what? Well, he is like the most focused, determined person I've ever met in my life. Like he is not playing when it comes to focus. Like if you look up that word, he's there. He <laughs> so when he, you know, I had to explain to him, like, you don't get wet because he didn't like the ice bath thought of it. You know, it's too cold. It's like, I don't want to get that cold. I said, okay, well, this cryotherapy chamber, you don't get wet. And he's like, how is that possible for you to be that cold? So we met in Beverly Hills. There was a cryo health care that I took him to. Um, and, um, at the time there was only about three in the whole country and Kobe had one. And so that helped me understand, like if Kobe's level of, you know, being able to understand that he can get in this two or three times a day, um, maybe I can convince Floyd to do the same. That was my thought process for introducing him to that. And it worked. <laughs> it worked. It worked. He, uh, got in the chamber and uh, he understood it. It was cold. A couple of the other members of the team got in as well. And it's up to three minutes. I think they were going to do two minutes and they said, Kobe does three. Floyd does not play around when it comes to a challenge. Wow. You know, Always a competitor. Three. And they're like, um, you know, after two studies show that it doesn't really work for the third <laughs> one. I'm going to do three. And he, <laughs> he did three times. <laughs> he did three times in the chamber. So that was, funny but cool and I'm like wow this guy's amazing and so after that experience he looked at me and he was like what are you doing here like who are you you know and um, I told him I'm an athletic trainer you know and he's like okay what does that mean because a trainer is the person who's in there trying to yeah. teach you how to box yeah. and I was like no I'm not that I don't know I'm not teaching you how to box you got that all covered I said I'm just the person who helps you make sure that you manage your health safety of your body, making sure that you take care of your injuries if they happen, dealing with prevention and rehabilitation, but most importantly, understanding recovery. And I feel like a lot of these athletes miss that part. And so Floyd was all about that recovery aspect. Uh, he trains hard, so he had to recover hard. So we just started working together from then on. I would fly back and forth from Vegas during my season sometimes in the middle of the night. He's a night owl. Now that's true, right? So, 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 Court, I got you. I got you here. You, so you can confirm like this. These stories of 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 the champs, just crazy hours and training, kind of off kilter methods. That's all facts. Oh yeah. Hey. You guys see him? Uh, we would go out to a little club some nights, and then I think he was on TV. It showed that he. Um, popped his trunk and pulled his workout shoes, put his shoes on and ran normal? home. That's normal? Yeah, we did that often. Wow. Yeah. That's a fascinating dude. Yeah, we would hang out. It'd be 24 hours, you know, really work 20 hours. One time I stayed up for 52 hours. Great. Yeah, with how'd him. You, how'd you stay up? You don't drink coffee. I don't. I went into the bath. Well, I do now. <laughs> I do now. I went into the bathroom a couple times and looked at myself in the mirror and I'm like, you are here. You know, you better stay up. And this it was it was it was like a little dream. You know, it, was, it felt so good. But he was so focused and determined. He had it all mapped out how he wanted to run, 
work out, put his time in the gym. You know, he's his own coach. He has a team, but he is very self-motivated, self-driven. So those type of things, those are wearing on me. You know, I'm like, if this guy can do it, I thought I was so much older than Floyd. He has a little, we have an inside joke that um, I thought that I was older than him because he looks so young. Right, right, right. We we did some medical work before and the doctor's like, yeah, blood of an 18 year old. And so now he was walking around like I'm, I'm 18 you know, <laughs> year old body. But um, we have an inside joke that I started knowing, like as I was working on him, we would listen to the same kind of music. And it would be like old school R&B, you know, Jodeci and sure. some that, you know, Bobby Brown. That was like our favorite. And yeah. I'm singing, and he's singing and I'm like, how old are you? And he's like, how old do you think I am? And I never really checked. And he was like, <laughs> I was like, I'm way older than you. And he was like, no, you're not. So he used to call me auntie sometimes because <laughs> so that I was older than you. So um, we had good times, you know, and he just is a hard worker and that's yeah. what that hard. I mean, I was already coming in as a hard worker. I think he recognized that, but I feel like it really took that focus to be able to do what we're doing uh, on this level. Then again, I went back and I told you that before about bringing my team. Uh, I had Dr. McHale. He, uh, he worked with me with the Sparks. Yeah. I knew that Floyd needed a little bit more well-rounded team, you know? And so I started bringing in a few others. He had a massage therapist already, um, so we all just started finding our lanes and working well together. And it just yeah. became, it was all women that was working with Floyd as well. Um, but it was massage therapist and myself. And I kind of just directed and organized everything and just helped him feel the best he could. Um, but the moment that you said, what was the moment that made him feel like he can trust me? It yeah. was after the Canelo fight. Canelo? I, I, okay. I Canelo. And I was still coming back and forth, trying to show my skills every now and then and just, you know, <laughs> I could for them and then leave out and go work like I was not there, you know. And um, I I he fought Canelo and Canelo kind of hit him with a low shot in his upper quad area. His quad was, the, you know, he had a little contusion there. And so he called us over in the middle of the night. After the fight, he thought he could kind of walk it off, but it, it bothered him a little bit. And he came and, you know, that morning we stayed up and we worked on him all morning. And then he went to sleep. And then when he woke up that next day, he walked down the stairs and he he's I can hear him because I'm laying on the couch. He walks down the stairs and he's like, hey, wait a minute. I can move my leg. I'm not limping, you know, and he was realizing it himself without anyone around him or in front of us. But. I feel like that moment, he couldn't believe how much better he got from the time that he was in the fight till, till after. And think. yeah, we became like his team after that. You know, oh, yeah. that's to me, that was that day that he was like, okay, she knows what she's doing. Let me continue to work and be around. Matter of fact, let me invite her to the Manny Pacquiao, Floyd Mayweather fight of the century type of fight. So Are you was in the building. I was there. Where are you sitting at? <laughs> He had his little corner section. Close. Yeah, it was fun. Like, was come fun. on, that's ridiculous! Wow, Court, you yes. you've seen a lot of stuff. You've seen some. You've been around some high level athletes, and we didn't even mention the 2016 WNBA championship with Sparks, Candace Parker. That experience. Candace won a uh, championship with the with the Sky, huh? Did she did what, yes? How how about that? How, what just just talk about that? Just Candace leaving L.A., going to Chicago, 
and then winning a, a championship. What did that mean for her, her legacy as an all-time great? Yeah, it's huge legacy. I mean, she's a legend. You know, I love Candace. She, she, I worked with her. It was her first year that I came back to the L.A. Sparks. Well, my, her second year, my first year with the Sparks was Candace's second year. Uh, my first year with the Sparks was also Lisa Leslie's final season. Yes, that's right. I forgot about that. I'm at the same time with Delisha Milton, Tina Thompson. That's it was crazy. crazy. That's yeah. crazy. Keisha Penichero, Noel Quinn. We really, I mean, Ebony Hoffman, all those girls were like huge at the time, you know? What? And so, yeah, we were all. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know that. Oh, I did not know it was all them on one squad. Because look, I used to hoop against Lisa and Tina when they were at SC. They'd come up to UCLA and they, you know, try to get in the runs. I don't sometimes they play. Other times they, they play with us only. Sometimes they get in with the pros. But when they play against us, it was a thing where you had to play real defense. So you had to body, you had to do things like it wasn't like, you know, because they was going to bust you. Tina was going to give you buckets. If you're going, if she go up and under you, her and Lisa was up and under and dudes to death. Like that pump fake move. <laughs> so I know what time it was with them. Yeah. And yep. I can't, I can't imagine how that, that squad, when you have so many big personalities on, on a squad like that, does it get a little weird or as professionals, do you, it gets weird, but we figure it out. I think it was like in me, I was built for that. You know what I mean? I, I don't want to like brag on myself, but I was ready for level. And at the end of that year, my first year, which is Lisa's last, and I got mm -hmm. to spend a lot of time with her. And she looked at me on the very last day we had a team meeting and she was like, you are good. You are really good at what you do. And she's like, you don't ever need to forget that. She said, you need to keep doing what you're doing. Keep loving it. She said, I see your passion and your drive. And she was like, I'm not surprised that you're going to be great in your field. You know, she was like, so just stay focused and do that. But you're good, Corey. So for me, I never forgot that. That to me is why I was able to be as successful in the WNBA as I was because of Lisa's words and Tina's words. Tina Thompson, her and I worked together with the Houston Comets first. And then we both came to L.A. And she's like, yeah, I want court. I want court. I want to have court as my athletic trainer. Yeah. Put my name on your resume, too. Like you you're good. You're going to be really good. You just got to just, you know, they were perfectionist to a degree and it saw it in me and I was younger than them. So I just did the best I could, but I feel like you gotta be built from it. I think being from LA and going through all the times that we did growing up and seeing and experiencing you guys play, like we watched all that. I played ball in high school, so I knew a little bit, yeah. you know what I mean? Westchester, Westchester. Westchester. I, I don't know how you didn't end up getting to go there. I, I, I refused to go to Westchester. Um, yeah. Because I, I, I just I wasn't that type of dude. I know I was light skinned with the curly top, but I was built different. I grew up off 60th and 10th Ave. So I, I wasn't really a true light skin. I was one of those light skins from over there. I was a little different than the Westchester light skin, too. Them dudes, the St. Bernard's and Ladera. I was I wasn't I wasn't with that. You know what I mean? I, I, I lived there, but I wasn't with it. Why you got me talking about all that right now? I don't know. Just, you know, you said Westchester, so I always got to give us a shout out. I have, you know, I left Westchester as an athlete, scholar athlete. I went to Berkeley, but I came back to Westchester. So I got double love for them. And we won 13 years in a row. So I got 13 rings with Crazy. Westchester. 
Dominance. You know, every year we were number one in the country. Uh, the boys, the men's team was number one in the country when yeah. I was. When you played LeBron, you guys played yeah. LeBron. We did. We played LeBron his senior year. And uh, it was a great experience to, to, to experience, you know, to see that and to feel that in New well, Jersey. In New no. Jersey. Court, I tell you what, if you are deeply rooted into the fabric of this L.A. basketball sports culture thing over the last probably 25 years or so, like you are the a person that's considered a influencer, a leader, someone that we all look up to, some, someone that really inspires us all with her, with your ability you, you're, you're just amazing. Just the fact that you gave so much to this, our basketball community, your time, your efforts for the sake of our health. Like people do not understand the careers you've saved, the, the, lot, the careers you've you know, made longer, shorter, whatever. When, when, when Quartz Corner shows up at a summer league, a Drew League, a Real Run, wherever, the Pro League, wherever it is that you are, that means that on that day, we have that place has medical attention. So that's not something that's always happening. People aren't always paying for that. So let's get it clear. So when when court with your heyday, I mean, you were literally donating your time, your efforts and, and money and all that for us, for athletes, for the greater good of the athlete. And that's what makes you truly a special special individual. That's a rare one of a kind. We're so proud of you that you have earned your doctorate degree. And I, I, I kind of wanted to ask about that process. And, you know, just you're a doctor now. How does it feel? Yeah, that's what I worked for. It took me 20 years. I said, by 2020, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a doctor of athletic training. They came out with a new doctorate program. Hmm. And it was meant for me because 2016, right when we were planning and winning the championship with the Sparks, right when I had just finished the Mayweather-Pacquiao fight, I still hadn't declared that I was going to start my program. And I did. And I got accepted. And I took four years. It typically takes about three to four years. I took one year off to travel around the world with Floyd Mayweather. So it was worth the time <laughs> that I did take off. And everybody's different. And I yeah. try to explain that to my interns and my mentees and students who are wanting to, you know, watch my path and, you know, come before me that way. Everybody's path is different. So for me, I took I got my master's degree. I waited about five years after that. And then I entered into the doctorate program and uh, it was a great experience. I got to do most of it online and then the other part, you would kind of come in and, you know, meet with everyone and to see and feel that level of uh, athletic trainers who had enough respect for our field to want to continue to the highest level of education. You know, my grandmother wasn't playing around. She was a part of me excelling in that um, just as a young age, I was almost like addicted to school. You know, I was always around it. Even during the summertime, I would go and just teach with my grandma and help her. Um, and so it just was a part of me, you know? So when I decided to enroll back in school, I knew I had to finish. It was a lot of challenges, you know, but you just can't quit. You just got to know that there's light at the end. And then 2020, 
while everyone was having a hard time managing the pandemic and being on lockdown, quarantine, I was quarantining and finishing up all of my work. And in September, I, I finished of that year. Um, didn't get to graduate, didn't have a typical year. Yeah. You know, I felt bad mm-hmm. for all the other students who were going through this for their first time graduating. But, you know, to finish and then get my paper is all I wanted. <laughs> yeah. all I wanted. And it was it was fun. I enjoyed uh, that experience in my life because I had to really grind and I had to really focus and be disciplined. You know, when I look back at some of my memories and I remember like even when I was working with Mayweather for training camp, sometimes it is two, three o'clock in the morning. And one time he walked over to me in the club, like, why are you on your phone all the time? Like, <laughs> the quarter doing my homework and reading articles in the club, you know, and it's just, that's my life. Like you told me earlier, we had to live our life. Yeah. I never imagined that I would be in the club, like trying to finish up some work and then try to have fun too. It's like, you really have to manage yourself and, believe in yourself and know that you can finish, you know? So I had an excellent experience because at my lowest point where I wanted to just let go and just say, ah, this is not what I wanted to do. I had such great people around me, encouraging me, great friends and family members and other colleagues of mine that, you know, played a role in that. So I feel like my doctorate's mind is also for the city of LA and all the basketball, the high school levels and the AUs and the Drew Leagues and everybody, the real runs, all that was a part of what my doctorate was really like about, you know, it was it was a gift for us in the city because um, I know I put a lot of work in to do it, but I also feel like I wouldn't have made it without all of you guys being a part of my life and my family and um, experience. I've worked on all of y'all at some point. Yep. I've helped an injury that or an illness or something in and out of the hospital. I've yep. saved a few people's lives. Yeah. And so those lives that I've saved, they have still just impacted me every day to just keep striving to be the best that I can and to give that and share that with everyone, with you guys as well. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Well, I tell you what. We appreciate you. I personally thank you uh, just for the person you are and, and just for representing just such a positive just role model for kids, people of all races, colors, ages to look up to. Like, that's the thing about it. Um, man, I, 
you talked about, and I got to let you go after this, and I want to end on, on this beautiful note talking about your book that you are currently under, uh, uh, is under construction. You're writing it. But it's talking about your journey as a young girl from South Central LA to be all the way up to being considered a pioneer in sports medicine. Talk to me about your book and what you, the message you want to convey and, and how you, you know, just what you want to put in there. Well, um, my grandmother, may she rest in peace. She was very serious, like I said, about education. And, and we used to read and work and learn and study hard every day. And, um, and then it became something that just was a part of me. And so um, as I grew up throughout the riots in South Central, you know, that was an experience for me. Um, and then leaving out of the inner city or out the hood and going to schools that provided that type of education that my mother wanted me to have. Uh, that's how I ended up at Westchester because I couldn't quite go to manual arts every now and then. <laughs> this, the inner city schools for me were not kind of my, my, everybody in my hood, they said I was a little bougie, like I was too good to go to some of those schools, but okay, I'll take it. I'll go to Westchester. But the experience that I had from that, you know, living in the inner city and working and ch trying to manage my life with my brothers and sisters and uh, my family, and then just understanding the sports realm and then always having just the energy and the, the focus of wanting to be something in a professional setting as a doctor, yeah. um, being able to accomplish that. I think it was huge. Gary Vitti, who is longtime Laker athletic trainer, yeah. extraordinary legend. Uh, I remember my first day on the job with the Sparks and I walked into the Lakers training facility and I, I saw Phil Jackson first. And then I, I saw Gary Vitti and he's like, who are you? What, what are you doing in here? And I, I'm an athletic trainer. I work for the Sparks. He's like, you're too young to be a head trainer at the Sparks. And I was like, well, it's, it's me, you know? And so I got to just watch him every now and then and his energy, the way he carried himself and what he stood for and his excellence that he put, you know, out there. And I was just happy to be a part of something. And I wanted to share that. So I created my internship program. I got as much experience as I could. I did so many things that I could to just keep transitioning and moving up. And then the boxing world happened. So I said, you know, the lives that I've saved was what really touched me. Jason McKinney, you know, he was injured and was told he could never walk again. And now he's running around running camps and leagues and tournaments and of sorts. And so um, I've had a lot of experience that really touched me, a lot of lives that I've really been able to manage. And so I said I wanted to share that because I want these young, especially women professionals in athletic training, you know, now that we're breaking the glass ceilings, that term is, you know, but we're really doing big things in pro sports and um, it, we have a long way to come. Title nine. We've been talking about that. I've done a few interviews for that, um, but just being called a pioneer in sports medicine is like, wow, to me, you know, I'm thankful. I feel honored. Um, but I want to share that experience and give back to my community and give back to the young women in, in sports or just young women, period, who don't know what they want to do. I had no idea where sports medicine even existed until I got to experience some of these things in life in the inner city 
that helped me understand that you can be an athlete and you can also be a doctor. You can do those things and co combine in so many different fields and arenas. And so I feel like all of our generation and the ones above us and then now the ones that are, you know, below us that need that guidance and that that professional development, I feel like it's important to share and to care and to help giving tips. I was on a plane the other day and a young lady walked up to me and she's like, I like when you talk about elevation, you elevate your feet. Like, that's cool. I told my mom to do that. And her blood pressure went down. And I'm like, those are the things that really keep me inspired to want to keep sharing. And so I felt like, let me, let me box that all together. So Gary V came to me not too long ago when I was in the bubble season and he invited me to be a part of, he sent me a message and he says, I'm working on, um, you know, he's a girl dad. And at the time, you know, him and Kobe, Kobe had passed. And he said, I'm really going to work my next project on dedicating it to women in sports medicine. And I want to reach out to the top 25 women in the world who have impacted us into our country and have been a part of something bigger than just themselves and want to share their story. And I'm looking like, is he talking to me? And he was talking to me. He said that yes. I was top 20, 25 women in sports medicine. And um, he wanted me to share my story and as an athletic trainer. So that is what inspired me the most because I'm like, yeah, I, I think back and I have to write different experiences, whether it was the USA team, we didn't get a chance to talk about that too much, but I had my experience with the USA national team, not just with the USA three on three team. And, and so I loved it all. And I thought it was a great idea. And I started really loving and enjoying writing different stories and talking about my past and experience. It kind of taught me who I really am and I could share with others. And I feel like that is what really guided me to create this book that I'm putting together. It sounds like it's about to be good. You better get the rights to the movie because once the book dropped, they go try to make the movie. So you, I know, I know the Watsons gonna have it all locked up. So I'm not even really tripping on that. But when you do drop it, Court, I need you to come back to the show. Come back and we gonna talk about it. I'm, a, I'm gonna have read it. I want to sign, autograph, copy, and uh, I'm, I'm gonna break it down, uh, Court. It's been a great, uh, it's been a real conversation today. I appreciate you uh, taking the time of, out of your busy schedule to come by KJ Live. Thank you for having me. We didn't talk about drinking water. You know, I'm never going to forget that. I guess, no, so so let me, and, and we'll leave him with this note because I think that it's very important as we head into the spring and summer, a lot of us are trying to work out a little more, trying to eat right, trying to eat salad now for the first time in like a year. Um, I want to get some tips, some nutritional tips, some health tips, some living tips, some, you know, some tips on how I can maximize my existence on this planet on a daily basis. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. I'm always drinking water. I was looking around to see if you had some water somewhere around you. Oh, what is that? Okay. All right. Good for you. <laughs> learn anything you know i'm always going to talk about water Facts. in any new or conversation that i have half Facts. of your body and i'm representing essential right now because it's a good clean water but mm. at the same time uh half of your body weight in ounces is what everybody should drink daily so if you weigh 200 pounds i'm not saying that you weigh 200 pounds but if you did you take half of that which is 100 That's crazy though that's a lot of water, Court. That's I, I'm 275, 6'5 in it. 
Yeah. Then I'm like, I'm, that's a lot of that's that's a lot of water to drink. It is a lot of water. But if you manage it well, you should drink half of what you need by the first half of the day. Like 20, 30 of these. Just get it. Just get it in. So but all I'm going to say about drinking water, because a lot of people say that. OK, you can over drink water, too, and that's not healthy for you, but you can under drink it and now you're dehydrated. So number one sign of dehydration is like itchiness. If you itching, that's not a good thing. That means your skin, which is the largest organ in our body, needs more hydration. Our brain, if you drink more water, you can think straight. You can think more clear. You know what I mean? Like those are perks. Your skin starts to act cool. If you drink water, I get a lot of compliments on my skin. I take pride in that. I'm very thankful for the compliments I get. I'm not saying I don't eat chips and all kind of extra little stuff. To- chip. Chips. I, I threw some chips away today because. <laughs> what, kind of, what kind of chips, Court? What kind of chips you eat? Real chips. I had a nice sandwich and I love Doritos. Uh, what what kind? Cool Ranch or nacho cheese? Nacho cheese. I'm not needing all the extra. Just give me the basics. And so that's who I am. You told me to no be chili, No chili verde? No chili birthday. <laughs> no chili birthday. But I just got home recently. I've been traveling for months. I'm thankful to be back in LA. And so yeah. I'm going to drink more water. And I started a little juice cleanse to help me prepare for the spark season because I just want to have my energy together. I know I overjoyed and enjoyed a whole bunch of fun times and good food while I was out of the country and just living and working. So I started a three-day juice cleanse. And so that's where I'm at right now. That's why I threw the chips away. Um, because I just want to get and feel, get rid of some toxins. The toxins is what weighs you down, you know, and it allows that brain fog to go away. I need that. I need my mental on straight. And I need my skin cool. And I need my digestive system to act the best that it can. Because that is like your other brain. It helps to manage so much with your organs and your immune system. And as we know, what we've been facing in these last two or three years with this immune system, wearing your mask all the time, your body goes through like a little shock every now and then. It can stay shocked and now you experience allergies and sinuses issues and, you know, bloating and just bad digestive problems. Issues, yeah, I get it. Things are not moving. Your blood has to circulate. So I like to focus on blood circulation because that's what helps manage so much of what your body has to feel and give out each day with your energy level. So what, what can I take to help that? Like thornberry? Uh, elderberry is elderberry, good. Yeah. Excuse me, elderberry? Yeah. Elderberry is good. I really like oil of oregano. Oh. I don't know if you've heard of that. I have not. That's a, uh, yeah, oil of oregano. It's an herb. It, it's in liquid form. I like Whole Foods. I get it from Whole Foods. Oh, so that's your drop. droplet? That's your droplet. I was wondering what that droplet was. I seen you put droplets. Yeah, I seen yeah. that. I seen that on your story. I was like, what's she doing over here, man? It's so spicy. Ooh, it's so spicy. <laughs> I love sharing that with my athletes and with people who have experiences of like not sure what to do about managing things like sinuses and digestive issues, but it helps with your digestive tract. But if you hold on to all the sugar and the salt and those things, your body doesn't have a way to get it out. So we got to push it through. And that is a great way to push things through is oil of oregano, turmeric, and anti-inflammatory. Yeah, the turmeric. If you're an athlete or just a person who has with any type of inflammation issues in your body, 
you should yeah. just be taking turmeric, whether it's the real powder version or the turmeric root. Or- I, had, I had a turmeric latte. They making lattes with turmeric in it, and it tastes good. I had like three of them. I was I was killing the turmeric. Got up feeling great. It makes you feel good. You cannot feeling lose. Great. Cannot lose. So I'm always going to recommend that. And then another thing, like when we're having sinus issues, I always say sinus issues because I I have them, but I definitely know how to control them. And um, again, it's about the blood flow. Okay, everything, congestion, infection, everything is lacking blood flow. Mm. And so water always helps. I like ginger, you know, ginger helps to get that blood to act right and better. Ginger in the powder or the root? Um, I like the root. The powder's not bad, but I like the root. You're going to try to be as raw as you can uh, with the ginger. So mm. ginger tea, you know, boiling it and just kind of drinking it as tea. Um, it's a good thing. Okay. So know those. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, now what, 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 what type of, of supplement over the counter can a guy that's in his, you know, my age, mid forties that, you know, is sort of high strung at times that need, I want to kind of be a little calmer in my day to day. What, what should I, what should I be, uh, looking at when I go to GNC? Um, well, I'm more on the wellness side of like ashwagandha. Ah, ashwagandha. That's something to look up. Like when I say things, I really like when people go and look at it and be like, don't, don't ask me what it do, but they actually kind of go and check. It I, I've it. actually ordered it before, uh, yeah. under, under your suggestion. I actually, I tried it and, and it had me feeling a little weird at first, but then I, I, I was pretty, pretty good. I never re up, but I need to. I take also panathenic acid. You ever heard of that? Yeah. So I take that. That is actually my grandmother showed me that when I was about 11 years old. Like, boy, take you a couple of these. So you calm down. <laughs> like, here, take five of these. <laughs> so I took that my whole life because yeah. I would just remember my grandmother. This was going to calm me down. So let me see. Why am I panathenic acid? But yeah. um, but um, and then I take up. Uh, I was I take I take zinc. I love taking zinc. Also. Zinc immune system zinc is what helps you to keep your senses together remember how during the pandemic time yeah. COVID, you could lose your taste and smell zinc yeah. is what helps that come back it helps to strengthen your immune system but it definitely helps to balance out your taste and smell i know it does also take obviously the vitamin c is great um and then i take some stuff just kind of you know just for the weightlifting okay. and the protein so yeah i'm trying to do it i'm trying to be on point look and when you get older you got to do more extreme things. You got to do less eating, more vitamins, and like you say, more water. And that's yeah. got that's got to be your thing. You got to cut out some of the drinking, uh, which sucks. But, you know, it, it, in the long run and for the longevity, it'll help. But it's tough when you live in L.A. and you got bars everywhere. And, yeah. yeah. You know, it's tough. That's why I'm like, I'm trying to stay as close to home as possible right now. <laughs> I don't want to go out. I don't want to smell food. Yeah, I don't want to either. Especially because I haven't been home. I'm like really thinking about all the great spots that I can't wait to get to. But it's about discipline for me right now. So I'm like, just get your stuff together and do a little juice cleanse and and really help your body start feeling better from the inside out so that we can give more. I just want to give more, love more, care more about everybody. And I see that I'm an asset. You know, I recognize that. Again, I remember at the beginning, I told you I was trying to give more to myself. So I want to be able to, 
give more out, but I got to put more in. So I'm just going to focus on continuing to be the best person that I can be, get the exercise in. Walking is cool. People need to stop thinking that you, that walking is not a form of exercise. It is. You can just go walk for 30 minutes a day and you'll be okay. So I just encourage everyone who don't, who you know, find it a hard time to work out, just start somewhere. Walking Baby and jump rope is well, yeah, exactly. Baby steps. Walking and jumping rope are my favorite things to do because it's very therapeutic. Jumping rope helps every muscle in the body. I am sore today from jumping rope yesterday, um, but I'm trying to take it easy because of the juicing that I'm doing. Nice. But, you know, just try something and try something and learn something new and experience something that is going to be for yourself first. That's what you got to do. Absolutely. What's well, been real today? And, and I appreciate the, the tips. I appreciate you sharing your journey and, and a little bit about your story. I love, I'm looking forward to the book. And I hope that this podcast will enlighten people and give them sort of a window into who Dr. Courtney Watson is. Thank you, Krista. I appreciate you. I love LA. I love the city. I love my people. And I love to provide opportunities. I hope you guys are looking to get into sports medicine. I have my Quartz Corner LA sports medicine internship that is accepting applications right now. We covering everything. I just got a call from the Drew League again. It's about 20 plus years that I've been giving back to the Drew League. So many different levels of sports. We're going to hopefully continue our time with Kanye and Donda Sports. Um, I really just want to start creating a little bit more series on how to help manage athletes' bodies with preventing injuries and learning how to recover better. So we're going to stay tuned to get some more access this summer to get in some of these gyms that have AAU tournaments and just hold little sessions on stretching and Mm -hmm. hydration and taping yourself and managing, you know, yourself as an athlete. It's so important to be able to take care of yourself. I feel like if you learned a lot when you were younger, you might be able to come out a little bit better being able to provide more um, self-love. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. Get them while they're young. Give them that foundation. Teach them how to do it. Yes. So thank you for your time. Looking forward to more. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Courtney Watson. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.